This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Holy Spirit continues to set hearts on fire with the love of Christ and inspire people to bring the good news to a world that is aching to hear it. Welcome to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. Now, here's your guide on this grand adventure, Catholic singer, songwriter, author, and speaker, Miriam Marston. And welcome back to Blazing the Trail here on Mater Dei Radio. My name is Miriam Marston, and I'm so glad you're tuning in to the show as we continue to take a closer look at the church's mission of evangelization. Jesus made it clear, after all, that to be His disciple isn't about keeping the good news to ourselves. It's about going to the ends of the earth to share the gospel and to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is why the evangelical dimension is inseparable from the identity of the church. If the mission entrusted to us is is like a river carrying us forward, then the church is like our boat. This is how we travel down that river, and it keeps us secure and safe and and headed in the right direction. Not to mention, it's a huge boat, so there's a lot of company along the way, and thank goodness for that, because the Christian life was never intended to be a lonely life. My guest this week, Dave Plisky, shares what he's learned through a recent study conducted by DeSales Media. The study focused on what discipleship looked like among intentional disciples, that is, those who are more strongly engaged with and, and really living out the Catholic faith. So it looked at their, their habits of faith, but also what their unmet needs were. Now, Dave's background is in marketing, and you'll hear him mention the journey of a consumer. And I thought this was a really interesting analogy to the journey of a missionary disciple. That is, you have someone who starts out with an awareness. So in this instance, perhaps a growing awareness of this person named Jesus to eventually being completely bought in. And not just that, but as Dave describes, being a brand advocate. Again, in this case, someone who's eager to bring others to this extraordinary person who they've encountered, this person who is the son of God, Jesus. So again, we see this kind of dynamic play out all the time in the culture around us. There are missionary disciples, so to speak, everywhere in the world of products and consumerism. An example I've heard a lot is that we don't hesitate to share when we've seen a good movie or eaten at a great restaurant, but we tend to clam up or maybe hesitate when it comes to sharing the tremendous news that God has rescued us from sin and death. And this call to evangelize, to share the gospel, belongs to every baptized Christian. The movement really within the church uh, in the 20th century made this especially clear, calling upon the laity to do their part to evangelize. Pope Francis wrote in his apostolic exhortation, The Joy of the Gospel, that, Of course, all of us are called to mature in our work as evangelizers. We want to have better training, a deepening love, and a clearer witness to the gospel. In this sense, we ought to let others be constantly evangelizing us. 
but this does not mean that we should postpone the evangelizing mission. Rather, each of us should find ways to communicate Jesus wherever we are. All of us are called to offer others an explicit witness to the saving love of the Lord, who despite our imperfections offers us His closeness, His word, and His strength, and gives meaning to our lives. In your heart, you know that it is not the same to live without Him. What you have come to realize, what has helped you to live and given you hope, is what you also need to communicate to others. Our falling short of perfection should be no excuse. On the contrary, mission is a constant stimulus not to remain mired in mediocrity, but to continue growing. The witness of faith that each Christian is called to offer leads us to say with St. Paul, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me His own. My friends, Christ Jesus has made you His own. You belong to Him, and that has changed everything. Give Him your heart, your time, your talent, your trust, and He will work through you to bring others to the hope that is found in Him. So please enjoy this conversation with my guest, and I'll have a brief word on the other side of the interview. I'm joined by Dave Plisky, who serves as the Director of Product and Innovation at DeSales Media in Brooklyn, New York, where they connect Catholics through modern communications technology. Dave, thanks for being on the show. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Miriam. Well, I look forward to discussing this uh, this new groundbreaking study conducted by DeSales Media. Um, but since this study um, looks at intentional disciples in the church, I'd love to first ask you, Dave, about your own road to discipleship. Uh, what were some of the key turning points in your own walk of faith? That's a great way to ask the question. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up as a cradle Catholic uh, in Southern California. Um, I thought we were devout because we went to church every Sunday. I had no idea that how really deep the rabbit hole goes, um, thankfully. Um, so, but, you know, by I think in college is when I really kind of realized that there's there's more to, um, there's a community aspect that's so important to journeying together. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was a turning point for sure. Um, and I think, and I kind of went through a crisis of faith myself, um, mm-hmm. which I came up, came out on the other side of, of through meeting the person who would become my wife. And I think we kind of, it's kind of a beautiful thing. We, we, we pulled each other out of, out of, she was, she was attending, um, a Protestant church at the time and I wasn't attending church at the time. And we, we brought each other back to mass. Uh, she, she had been a Catholic as a kid and mm-hmm. I hadn't been going for about a year and, it was just, you know, one of those things. And since then, I've, I, my, my discipleship with the Lord has really uh, been strengthened and deepened. And um, yeah, I, I'm thankful for where I am. Awesome. Now, because you're in an area right now, which, you know, brings together faith and technology and communication along the way, were you developing a stronger interest in communication and how to use technology for these purposes? Yeah, it's funny. So, I, you know, I'm a marketer by trade. That's what I've been doing most of my my whole, you know, adult life, my professional life. Um, and when I got to New York, I lived in the city for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And um, I was working for you know, uh, a beauty brand. And, you know, I, I, was, I, I learned a lot. It was a great experience. You know, I was around a lot of smart people. But over time, I, I, I had this kind of feeling in my mind, like, I'm not really this isn't what I'm meant to be doing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I had a conversation with my pastor at the time 
I did not know what I was talking about at the time. I, I, I asked him something like, how do I work for the Holy See remotely or something like that? And right. He's like, what are you talking about? Uh, but he understood, I think, where my heart was and better than I did, maybe. And so he kind of kept that in the back of his mind. And, um, you know, I went on to another company where I was working for a social media management startup. Uh, so working in tech and so starting to understand that language better, like I had been doing digital marketing, but now I was actually working in technology. So it was, it was even, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a growing thing. And that same feeling came back. It was like, you know, I think I'm just helping the CEO get rich. Like I, you know, it was, it was cool to drink the Kool-Aid for a while, but now it's like, what am I doing with my time? Mm-hmm. And, um, and around that time, uh, he came back and said, you know, the director of marketing and digital is going to be leaving. Um, and we, and our, our kind of informal dinners started becoming more like, a, an interview over, over the course of about yeah. a year. And finally I, that, that was, that was me entering into the sales first time I ever worked for, even in a nonprofit, let alone the church. Um, yeah. so yeah. And that was six years ago. And I, I remember at the time, <clears throat> I'll just say one more thing about that. Yeah, please. It was such a, um, it, it was, it felt like a real leap uh, of faith because, you know, I was coming out of only ever, ever having worked for uh, the secular in the secular space. And I was like, what is this going to do to my resume? Like, I, cause at the time I was thinking this is just one more job among, right. among many. And so I, I, I was just worried about what this was going to look like this, this kind of unknown Catholic media company on my, on my resume. And, you know, after a few years, I realized this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I, I, I can't really imagine not working for the church now. So um, thank, thanks be to God. Oh, praise God. That's awesome. And you know, that we had very different paths, of, of course, but, um, you, you just said it right there. I can't imagine doing anything else besides working for the church. And I feel like I landed. I'm home. This is where I'm supposed to be. So I, I thank God that the Lord led you into, uh, this work. And, uh, Dave, I, I'd love to look a little more closely now to this, um, recent study that was conducted by DeSales Media. Um, it was in partnership with Vinia Research, um, as well. Could you, um, talk a little bit about the background of this study and why now? Why, why conduct this study at this point? Yeah. So, um, the study was among devout Catholics, um, and it took us a while to, to reach this audience because it, it's, there's, there aren't so many, uh, of us very devout Catholics, but I'm sure your listeners are, are many among them. Um, and what we wanted to know is what does discipleship look like among, you know, these intentional disciples, if you could mm-hmm. call that, you know, you, to use Sherry Weddell's term. Um, and what, what are their unmet needs? And, mm-hmm. um, I can go into that if you like, kind of what, Please, like how yeah, we arrived at. So, yeah. so the the um, we, we the, the the products that we sell are generally what we call B two B products, right? Business to business software that we enable the 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 inf- the institutional church to use to better reach her the faithful, right? So, mm-hmm. so church, for example, we we provide churches with website or email, you know, th- those types of um, you know communications technology. Uh, software. The problem is we're not reaching uh, the faithful directly, and we're not reaching anyone outside of the parishes that we're serving, or the or the dioceses, or schools, or what have you that we're already serving. So we we asked ourselves, how can we reach the church directly? And so I told you I'm a marketer. 
I, I so come with me now down into into marketing world for a second. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna paint a little mm-hmm. <laughs> picture of how we think about things. So uh, have you heard of the marketing funnel where you know you start? So this is this is kind of a, a device that we use to to think about the journey of a of a consumer from uh, like when when you're when you want them to buy something from you, like you want them to to know about your brand or buy your products, right? So it starts with awareness. You go from people who have no idea who you are to people who have some idea of who you are. You know, you 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 have your billboard bat, billboard ads or whatever like that, right? So they're, they're, they've started on the journey. They're now into the funnel. It's shaped like a funnel because there's fewer and fewer people as you go down through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're in the awareness stage. If you can educate them about the product, now you've brought brought them into the consideration phase. So they're now in the, the a lower part of the funnel. Mm-hmm. And if you can be so successful that you uh, get them to, you ask them to buy the product and they do, they make the purchase. Now you have them at the, they call conversion. Actually, marketers do call this conversion. Oh, funny wow. enough. <laughs> and, uh, and now they're, now they're a customer, but you don't want them to be just a customer. You want them to be a loyal customer. This is why we have loyalty programs and so forth. Right. Okay. So now you're, they're making repeat purchases, hopefully, but actually what you're really looking for is for them to be such a, a fan of the brand that they become a, what we call a brand advocate, someone who is actually bringing other people into the top of the funnel themselves because they just can't help talking about this product or brand that they love. What I think of, you know, a Harley Davidson guy with the logo on his arm because, you know, tattooed mm-hmm. because he just loves his bike or whatever. He loves the lifestyle that it represents. What does that sound like though? To me, I'm like, you know, that, that brand advocate sounds a lot like missionary discipleship. People who are so on fire for the Lord, they can't help but have a joy about them and bring people into the church, bringing people hopefully back into the top of that funnel and down, you know, kind of down through it in, in, in discipleship. So if that's true... And I think it is that that's kind of how things work because think about the times when you've, when you've heard conversion stories or your own conversion story, yeah. it's usually in one-on-one relationship or in small groups that it's, it's in person relationship kind of accompaniment. But yeah. if that's true, then the question became, what are the unmet needs of these intentional disciples? What do they need that they don't have right now that maybe we can provide? And because mm-hmm. we're in 2022 and we're we're blessed with a, a gift of the Holy Spirit called data, then <laughs> we wanted to collect that data, not you know rely on whatever hunches we might have had, but actually what the people said, and that's when we that's why we conducted the study. That's awesome. Um, so for those who are just tuning in, I'm speaking with Dave Plisky, who serves as the Director of Product and Innovation at DeSales Media in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Dave, what were some of the key insights that you were getting from this study? What are some of the conclusions you were arriving at? Thanks for asking, Miriam. Um, so the big one was that nearly one in five are uncomfortable talking about their faith with others. Now, mm-hmm. this might sound like not so many. Okay, that means 80% are comfortable. Well, this is 80% of devout, very devout Catholics who are, you know, the, the furthest along in their discipleship. So to me, it's if if they're if if even, you know, I think it's 18% are are uncomfortable in their faith, that's that's not, I mean. How, how many are, of, of the less devout, you know, uh, might be uncomfortable? Um, and, and we know what the top barriers to that are. Um, additionally, only 52% are moderately or extremely proactive in sharing their faith. So it's one thing to be comfortable, but then it's another to actually be doing, you know, going out and, and evangelizing, you know, sharing the faith with others. Thankfully, more than three quarters are interested in developing their evangelization skills. So okay. Okay. at least there is an, uh, a, you know, a perceived need and you know they know that they have a need for ongoing formation which i think is true of all of us and yeah. it's especially tr- you know true and important for 
those intentional disciples among us because often we are the ones who are leading ministries, right? Mm-hmm. And therefore we are in turn forming others. So we have to be so well-formed ourselves. Yeah. Now I, I want to circle back to that first group you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the the barriers mm-hmm. uh, to those who are perhaps less comfortable in sharing their faith. What, what sort of barriers were made barriers were identified, Dave? Yeah. So um, the top barriers to evangelization, as as we were as we understand it from from the feedback that we got on this study, uh, the top one is situational appropriateness. That that was mm-hmm. the the number one reason. Number two was lack of confidence. Three, lack of knowing how to start conversations, not wanting to offend, and lack of experience. Those were the okay. top barriers to evangelization. Okay. Okay. So. As you're now looking to respond, because I think that's the point of this, right? Mm-hmm. How can you see something like your own organization, but perhaps other Catholic organizations and apostolates, how do we start to respond to those really important needs and helping to equip uh, people to actually share their faith with that joy and confidence? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think, you know, one of the ways is we're... We do consultation work for the Diocese of Brooklyn and other dioceses. Mm-hmm. And so we're working with the Faith Formation Office right now to take a look at the kind of the landscape of the different faith formators, uh, you know, generally in the U.S., but really that are just available to dioceses and then parishes and so forth. So and not that it has to be done through the institutional church, but that's generally how we've been working, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, to be able to see what programs are available and then what technology is going to support those programs to make sure that people are effective in communicating it. Um, so uh, I can say that uh, one of the one of the programs that I've I've really been impressed with is the Evangelical Catholic. Um, and no, they're not uh, evangelical; <laughs> they're Catholic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, but but you know they they help they help to try to transform a parish into thinking this way, into being invitational uh, and intentional about you know their their outward um, look on, on this. And so, trying to overcome these these barriers, right, in a, in a systematic way that actually listens to people, hears where they are, but addresses those those concerns. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm thinking about that first barrier. I think you said it was situational appropriate, appropriateness. Appropriateness. Yeah. That's not one I think I would have placed at the very top. Is it that, um, you know, folks are hesitant to bring it up maybe around the water cooler at work? I know that we're we're generally told to steer away from certain topics, for instance, in the workplace. Are we saying that people are hesitant to bring it up at like Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner? Um, I would just be curious to know what kind of situations would be appropriate. Mm. Um, Yeah. Have you given any thought to that? Yeah. You know, this is great. I think that's exactly what this type of thing is saying. And, you know, unfortunately we've been conditioned by the culture to believe that religion and politics are the things that we shouldn't talk about, right? With, right. You know, in order not to, you know, uh, get under anyone's skin or, or make people uncomfortable. But um, I think, I think that's, there's no nuance to that. You know, I, th- I think maybe there's a place for that, uh, you know, in, in, in surface level, you know, conversations with strangers that you just happen to have all of a sudden, you know, right. but, but certainly with people that, you know, or even people that you're getting to know, um, the, the biggest thing we can do is listen. To, to be good listeners to to whomever we're interacting with is so important because that's how you're gonna that's how you're going to to know um, 
under what means it even makes sense to have that kind of conversation. Not right. because you have an agenda and all you're, all you're doing is waiting to to insert this thing. We're not proselytizing here, yeah. um, but but if it, but we understand how important a relationship with the Lord is, and so if it is that important, then then yeah, it, it probably does make sense to to talk about your own experience when it's when it's appropriate. Uh, you know, in the con- in the context of the conversation and in the context of what per- that person might need, what they're what they're encountering in their life, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. and and as you said, people who are looking to acquire some of those tools and skills, something as simple as reading the room, right? Yeah. And being being able to discern and sense when's a good time to mention something, getting a sense of that conversation in the direction that it's going in. You mentioned the theme of listening, Dave, and I'm curious as you were working on this study, how is it kind of lining up with what's been going on in the worldwide church with the synod and the focus really being on listening and hearing the needs of the people? Did you find some overlap there? Well, yeah, because one of the one of the one of the um, overarching themes from the synod uh, in Brooklyn, as well as around the world, that we're hearing is the need for faith formation among adults, okay. ongoing faith formation, and that certainly is is uh, what we're hearing here as well. Yeah, um, how is this kind of also addressing? Now, I, I'm speaking sort of from my own little corner of the church, but I don't think we're alone. We've struggled a little bit getting um, really people back to mass after the pandemic. How are you hoping a study like this might help address some of those needs to really encourage people to to fully engage just with Sunday mass in the church now? Yeah, I think there's three things that three ways to look at this study um, and and how it might be helpful for you. Uh, one is you know we're, we're all Catholics here, so just to, just to to look and certainly all Christians. So take a look at your at your spiritual life, you know, we, we asked a whole bunch of questions, I think 27 different questions within this one section about where do you feel like your area, these are areas of strength or not, and where do you feel like you need to improve, you know, areas, areas for growth. And so um, to kind of taking an inventory of yourself and saying like, yeah, where, where am I, you know, how would I rank on this, on this um, thing? Not, not, a, not to score yourself, but just to, just to be mindful to be more intentional, right? About how we live our lives and, and so forth. So that's one thing, just kind of personal reflection. A second thing I think is to, once you, once you know what this discipleship path looks like, not just for yourself, but for many people, then you can say, all right, well, who do I know in church or out of church that, that are, you know, that might be on this path and Maybe I can identify where they are so I can I can help accompany them to that next level. Or maybe they can accompany me, you know, right. uh, like that that type of thing. You know, who, who's got what what we each need um, to to bring us deeper into our faith? You know, they say they say that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? So if there's that holy person in your life that you know, I, I'm convinced that I know a saint. He's you know he's still alive, and he, of course he hasn't been canonized, but I know that he's a saint, and uh, and. I, I just love being around him and and uh, and I know I I just benefit so much. I learn a lot, but I also he's a great example. Um mm-hmm. so anyway, if there's if you have that person in your life, do that. You know, be around them. You um I think you'll be happier for it anyway, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. And then the final thing I'll say is if you work in ministry, uh if you if you work for the church in some capacity, even as a volunteer or whatever, um, especially if you you know, work for an organization of the church, uh, I would love you know we we at the sales media would love to continue the conversation. You know we we did this research and and put it out for free in order to start these kinds of conversations because we think there are a ton of ways to address what we now know as the data behind behind these issues. Um, so you know what are opportunities 
that we see and, and how can we go together? I'd love to have that conversation. Awesome. And really on that note, Dave, who is, is this study is really meant for anyone to read, but is there any, an audience in particular you had in mind who you would especially invite to review the results of this study? And also where would they go to read the full report? Yeah, um, you can get the report at thesalesmedia.org slash discipleship. Um, it's really meant for anyone who, like I said, who works for the church, who is just a, uh, a you know a Catholic, and especially those uh, you know deep disciples among us. Uh, I, I would invite those people to to uh, really take a long long look at the report. It's it's in depth and it's free. Uh, so thesalesmedia.org. That's the sales like St. Francis de Sales. D E S A L E S media.org slash discipleship. You can also find ways to, to get in touch on the website. I, I personally read the emails that come in on the forum. So uh, I would love to hear from anyone uh, who, who would like to take the time. Awesome. Well, I hope our listeners will go and check out that website and read the report for themselves. Um, Dave, I often ask my guest if you would just leave us with just a note of hope. Where are you finding kind of that reason for hope these days? It's a great question. Um, I, think, I think where it comes for me is... Um, the occur- the encouragement I get from the small groups that I'm in, uh, where where I I get to be around like-minded people who are working for um, you know a changed world, uh, mm-hmm. who where where Christ is is identified with, uh, where where we're we're constantly seeking, um, you know it's 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 not the the general culture, but it does exist in pockets, which is, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, oh, maybe, maybe the world, the whole world could be like this. <laughs> if if yeah. a little bit of it can, then I think the whole one can, if, if we just, uh, if we try a little bit harder. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for your time today. I ask that God continue to bless you, your family, and the good work you're doing to build up the kingdom of God. My guest and I briefly touched on the theme of listening, and that's where I wanted to wrap up this week's episode, on the importance of listening. You know, at the start of this year, I did one of those random word generators to see what the word of the year would be for me. And the word that was picked was hear. And I know it's random and it might not be like a solid spiritual exercise, but honestly, this is a really good virtue and character trait to strive for. And not just to hear, but to listen. And in that listening, to remember that Jesus is the Word of God. This means we're not, we're not talking about an ordinary word, the kind that's confined to lines on a page, just something to say out loud. This word has power that I can scarcely wrap my head around. The power of this word changes hearts, heals the sick, raises the dead. We hear Jesus say in the Gospel of Luke, Take care then how you hear. So that's what I would ask you to bring with you into the rest of your week. Take care then how you hear. Listen to the stories and the questions of those around you. Listen for that invitation from our Lord who is calling you to mission, even if it sounds as quiet as a whisper. That's the voice of the one who created you. So how will you respond? Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Miriam Marston, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue to hear stories of how God is at work in our world today. Until then, stay well and stay close to Christ. God bless you all. You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. For more information on Miriam Marston and her work, plus an archive of our past shows, 
Visit us online at MatradeRadio.com or download the Hail Mary Media app. Blazing the Trail is produced at the studios of Matraday Radio in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MatradeRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.